We got real news for you. Politics and culture and entertainment too. From a Marxist point of view. So open up your holes and loop up for the news. Hey everybody, welcome to the bridge. Are we going to the bridge? Yeah, why not? Going to the bridge. Welcome to the bridge, everybody. This is real news from the podcast Soy Trek. Yeah. I'm Comrade Britt. Down Pat. Welcome to our little corner of the, the spaceship here where they um we're right under cetacean ops, mm-hmm. uh, in their uh, what they call the the waste retrieval facility. Yep. So um Just mouthfuls of dolphin poop all day. Uh, there's there's orca poop too. Yeah, a little bit orca poop. A little bit, you say. <laughs> Do you yeah. even see the filters, my friend? One turd is my size. Our size, comrade. Our size. Our size. <laughs> Speaking of ours, in a blow to unions, the Supreme Court is rules uh, that companies can pursue strike damage. So, cool. no. <laughs> I know. No, it's the opposite of cool. So That was a sarcastic I, cool. Yeah, I know. The, the, the ruling means Glacier Northwest Inc. can sue over its claim that wet concrete loaded onto trucks was rendered useless after workers walked off the job. So, this uh, article here is by Lawrence Hurley. In a loss for organized labor, the Supreme Court on Thursday this week, so today, uh, ruled in favor of a concrete company in Washington State seeking to revive a lawsuit against the International Brotherhood of Teamsters alleging that the strike damaged its product. <coughs> the 8-1 decision, written by Justice Amy Coney Barrett, means the company, Glacier Northwest, can pursue a lawsuit against the union in state court over an August 2017 strike in which drivers walked off the job, leaving wet concrete in their trucks. The company claims the union is liable for what it says was intentional damage to its product. Barrett, one of the court's six conservatives, wrote that a state court was wrong to dismiss the claims at such an early stage in proceedings based on its concern that the claims conflicted with National Labor Relations Act, a federal law that protects union activity, which I think Mm. think it does. I think if, if the union does things that are meant to hurt a company unless it's like you know actual sabotage you know like arson although that's pretty cool (laughs) uh i'm not condoning it but it's pretty cool yeah and you know what like (laughs) if they didn't want it to happen those bosses they could have gotten and like if they didn't want the wet concrete to uh damage their trucks they could have just paid their workers what they asked in the first place yeah. that's or, all it or takes. if or if the or if the you know the bosses were still on site they could have they could have done something if they oh if yeah they, it's it's weird that yeah <laughs> that the managers weren't there to actually manage their product huh? yeah yeah that is that is that's, true that, that that's not, concrete doesn't just dry in a minute yeah yeah i mean the uh, they didn't do anything they just let it they like they knew it was going to happen uh-huh they didn't have keys to the truck. Sounds like a you problem, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you're poorly managing your, your workers there, buddy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, quote, uh, because the union took affirmative steps to endanger Glacier's property rather than reasonable precautions to mitigate the risk, the National Labor Relations Act does not arguably protect its conduct, uh, Barrett wrote. 
Organized labor advocates uh, advocates had raised concern that a ruling in favor of the company could stifle strike actions by open up, opening up unions to damage claims for a wide variety of potential mm-hmm. losses employers can face as a result of such activities, which is a very great point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, anything to kneecap any sort of strike in this country. Like, like that, you know, of course, they're going to always side on the part of big business and mm-hmm. like give any reason to make make uh, workers afraid to strike because mm-hmm. it's like you know already a lot you know people got to worry about being fired if you know trying to organize a strike or mm-hmm. or retaliated against for any reason and now this is giving like the courts like a v- avenue to do that you know like hold them liable for they can make any sort of like claim for um like how product was damaged you know it's yeah like like, uh, uh, like and you could basically write all of that stuff off on your taxes too mm. and also go after it for full value and liability in court yeah. mm-hmm. which is all kinds of fucked up yeah, yeah and it's definitely what this company's doing yeah mm. so uh liberal justice uh katanji is that her name? Katanji Brown Jackson. Sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't know every one of the court <laughs> justices' names. Um, uh, d- is the was a sole dissenter, and she's the one that uh, Biden appointed. So good mm. for that, I guess. Uh, saying that the ruling risks erosion of the right to strike, which I agree. Yep. Uh, Jackson's two liberal colleagues, Alina Kagan and Sonia Sotomayor, joined the court's conservative justices on the majority. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Jackson pointed out that the NLRB uh, uh, issued a complaint after the state court ruling charging the company with unfair labor practices and saying the driver's actions were arguably protected. By ruling in favor of the company, the court, quote, inserts itself into this conflict proceeding to opine on the property of the union strike activity, despite not being the best place to weigh the facts, she wrote. Quote, uh, the case in Exhibit A is why the board and not the courts should ordinarily take the first crack at resolving contentious fact-bound labor disputes of this nature, she added. Hmm. The dispute centers on an incident in which members of Teamsters Local 174 went on strike after negotiations broke down over a new collective bargaining agreement. I mean, if you don't have a contract, you can't reasonably expect people to work under your conditions, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, when truck drivers walked off, to the, off the job, the company says some of the concrete already being delivered was rendered useless. Drivers returned trucks to the company's facility, some of which had partial or full loads on board. Sounds like they did the right thing, returning them to the facility. The managers need to figure out from that point. Yeah. As a result of the strike, concrete was left in the trucks and had to be uh, removed to harden and then broken up before it could be disposed of. The company says, that sucks. (laughs) 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 The union says that when the workers returned the trucks, the cement was wet and that they left the drums on the trucks rotating, uh, meaning it would not immediately congeal. It was the company's mm-hmm. decision to remove the concrete and then break it up once it hardened, the union says. That's, that's yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that brings up a good point where it's just like... It, it sounds like they took the precautions to make sure the cement wouldn't immediately dry. Mm-hmm. So they, they it wasn't like sabotage or anything. It was like, hey... 
fuck you, figure this out yourself because you yeah. don't think labor matters. Yep. It's it's something, it's not sabotage, but it is agitation and putting pressure on a boss mm-hmm. that is demanding too much of you and, and doing unfair labor practices, which yeah. is the reason you strike. And so it's like... Yeah, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like they left the, the trucks and in a way where it's like not to sabotage it. Like, I'm guessing like you know could be the company did this intentionally to try to free Ooh, them. that's a good point yeah yeah they could have sabotaged it yeah. themselves yeah um so glacier the company says it lost a hundred thousand dollars as a result of failing to fulfill a contract on the day of the strike and it also claims additional damages Boo-hoo. the company says it was able to do the previously scheduled work the following week okay all right so then they lose the full hundred thousand. Then probably not. Probably a drop in the bucket. So the Washington Supreme Court uh, ruled for the union in December of 2021, saying any loss of concrete was quote incidental to a strike, arguably protected by federal law. Yeah, I yeah. agree. <clears throat> Noel Francisco, the company's lawyer, said Thursday's ruling quote vindicates the long-standing principle that federal law does not shield labor unions from tort liability when they intentionally destroy an employer's property i don't think they intentionally did so no so um but they'd like to <laughs> like yeah the, we would like, all like to they'd like to claim that that's what happened because then it gives like uh some way to invalidate the strike or invalidate the workers even further and and you know and put that put the put the put a potential hundred thousand dollar um fine or um you know on on a worker if they were to do a strike you know but make put the, put the onus of the cost of like damaged property on them and you know someone's like oh well oops sorry if uh like i don't like if i strike you know mm-hmm. there's damaged property i could be held liable for that yeah and then so like someone who maybe think about strike be like okay well maybe I won't because I don't want to be held liable for, yeah, for it, any it, sort of damages. Yeah, it fucking sucks. And it's like, that's the way to put pressure on companies is make them lose money. Yes, absolutely. And, and like, withholding your labor is a way of doing that. Yeah, but also it shows where the value, and it shows how the value that those workers added, where mm-hmm. they were the ones that would would take care of the concrete, take care of the, of the trucks, and make sure the concrete's well cared for they're off site it shows that that's where that's where the that's where that's where how the concrete moves that's how these mm. projects get done it's like the yep. workers it's not like obviously like any managers that were still on on premise mm-hmm. didn't know what to do with it <laughs> yeah like, like if anything it, it could be possible that it was like the managers uh unfamiliarity with their own business Bingo. they didn't know how to fucking take care of their own trucks yep no and take care of their own fucking concrete so it's like fuck off Exactly. Fuck off, indeed. Uh, the company was backed by business and anti-union groups, including the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Mm. Cool. Which said in a brief that the state's court, uh, state court's ruling finding the intentional destruction of property could be deemed a protected activity conflicted with U.S. Supreme Court precedent. Uh, various labor groups and unions backed the Teamsters, of course. Yeah. We back the Teamsters in this. Yes, definitely. absolutely. Yeah, um, that's that's so fuckity fuck fuck fuck. Yeah, and, and you know, and it, and it just goes to show, like, yeah, like you know, 
that's not going to be grab a whole bunch of news like you know it's everyone especially you know today's the first day of pride mm-hmm. depending on when you listen to this and like and it's going to be filled with culture war stuff oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and like of uh, all the right wingers freaking out about you know about rainbows like i think i saw like a video of a woman claiming that seattle's putting um chemicals in the water to make rainbows oh did you see that i saw that like tiktok or whatever yeah and and so that what that's what's getting attention but it's like mm-hmm. yeah like stuff like oh you know uh did you do you want inequality in your workplace you know did you want you know did you want to have uh um did you want to ha- like voice have your voice heard within within your business do you want to you know to like uh, uh do anything <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, well, guess what? Now they're now you could potentially be held liable for a so so called uh, destructive destruction of property yeah. if you were to strike uh, for any reason, if you wanted fair wages or anything like that. Right, like, and it would go. It could go as far as like fucking, you know, pro now like fucking produce. Like, if you're in a a, yeah. a grocery union and produce and like milk expires. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they can pawn that off on the union now? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. If you were to walk off, if you were to strike and leave, yeah, like milk on a loading dock or something, mm-hmm. then you could be held liable for the milk that goes bad. And they could just intentionally order more and more and more just yeah. to fuck, <laughs> yeah. fuck you over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, I don't know, we- weaponizing the Supreme Court yet once again. And it mm. really sucks that there was only one fucking dissenting opinion there. That is, that, that is especially, you know, and that's, and, you know, we're told, like, you know, how important the Supreme Court is, you know, for Oh, no, stuff. it's it's a broken institution. I mean, yeah. all of our institutions are, like, founded on, like, white supremacy and yeah. inequality and dog shit like and that. And maintaining, maintaining the ruling class uh, yeah. in their position. And, and, yeah, that's all the Supreme Court's for. Mm-hmm. Like, like, ruling in favor of anyone besides, like, uh, you know, rich companies or, like, you know, the 1%, you know. That's unheard of. <laughs> no. So we got, we got some, some kind of okay news here. Okay. So, uh, this is from uh, ABC7 in San Francisco. Uh, so San Francisco pilot program diverts 911 uh, calls about homeless from police to a new crisis team. Who I oh. hope is not police. Yeah, I <laughs> hope is not police. That's like, yeah. hopefully it's not like just another another mm-hmm. division of the police that just go there, the yeah. SFPD that just go there and just like, like time, still time to beat up the homeless and chase them away. Mm-hmm. So, um, article starts here. <clears throat> San Francisco will take a different approach when dealing with non-emergency calls involving the homeless. Rather than involve police, a street crisis team made up of urban alchemy workers will act like first responders. Uh, Think of an urban alchemist as a school hallway monitor. I don't know what that means. What, they're going to tell me to go to class? Yeah, what? Um, (laughs) They're going to give me a pass to go to the bathroom? Yeah, so there are about 853 of them scattered throughout areas that need the most attention. That's a pretty good number, I think, for Mm. a big city. Yeah. Uh, now the most experienced ones, uh, about 25 people, will be part of a one-year pilot program called HART, Homeless Engagement Assistant Response Team, which, uh, with people like Lewis Hammonds trained in non-emergency situations. Quote, we do well in uncomfortable situations, 
He said, uh, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable because I don't see an angry person. I see a hurt person. I don't see a violence. I see trauma, and that's what we're going to bring, that kindness, that relationship. Uh, this new team is different from the street crisis response team. You already see answering emergency behavioral health calls. Heart is like the middleman between the person on the street and that crisis team. They will be out from 7 in the morning to 7 p.m. on weekdays and until 3.30 p.m. on weekends. I don't know if that's the best time to cover yeah. homeless crisis, but okay. Uh, it could just be um, when people are most likely to encounter a homeless person and then call oh, 911 on th them. That's probably correct. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah that makes sense, actually. Yeah, like, you know, at... at, at businesses. Like, businesses. Businesses are always calling. Yeah, like, you know, at, like, you know... You know, any any time after midnight, you mm -hmm. know, no one's going to be bothering. <clears throat> typically, you know, and I, that's, yeah. you know, it's just like you know, calling nine one one on a homeless person minding their own business. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, like, but when like all the people are out among in the city, or, like, and they see a homeless person and freak out, you know, and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then call nine one nine one one. You know, that's that's probably why. Yeah, the peak times for that, for sure. Um. Guy continues, uh, quote, let's be honest. We have to make sure uh, the people we're asking to go out there and put their lives out on the line feel safe. Uh, would you feel safe going out there in the evenings and not having a whole presence of people uh, or daylight? Night is challenging. Okay, that's an okay mm. point. Um, the heart program is one of many intended to get people off the streets. From 2019 to 2022, um, San Francisco saw a... 15% reduction in the number of unsheltered homeless. The goal for the next five years is to reduce it by 50%. Why is that the goal? It should be 100%. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, they could be setting baby steps for them. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, like the goal should be 100%. Like mm -hmm. it's, you know, Soviet Union solved their problem by building lots of free houses, by building like the Soviet art, uh, like our apartment blocks and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, it's like you can house these people. Mm -hmm. You just need to take on real estate. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Apparently there's um, a similar thing they're doing in Denver. Mm. A mental health crisis thing that diverts mental health stuff from police. Mm. That seems to be going very well as well. Um, yeah, and it and it also uh, police officers seem to like it because it saves them time in interactions with people they hate interacting with. And, and they have no skills of dealing with. No, because they see them as subhuman. Yeah, and like they, the 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 goal of the police is not solving a problem. It's to no. it's to enforce rules and punish, mm -hmm. like calling the cops on on a person because they're doing something that makes you un feel uncomfortable. You know, you know, if like if they're on the if they're sleeping on the street, if they're doing something like, you know, and you call a police officer to that, then what are they going to do? They're going to harass the person. They're going to beat them yeah. up and possibly kill them. Yep. And yeah, the cops have no ability, no ability to actually deal with that in any sort of like uh um constructive way no so yeah like i can see like having people who who are responding to this 
hopefully without weapons of any kind. Like, I don't know, did it say if they're responding with weapons? No. Yeah, like, I'm hoping that they're going in, like, you know, no weapons or anything, just, like, possibly getting the person what they need, like, helping yeah. them, like, and, yeah, just provide people with housing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. if you want to, like, you want to make this, like, a non-issue. Like, it's like, what access do they really have, though? And, like, how much can they, like, really solve these people's problems? Can yeah. they give them permanent long-term housing and wraparound services like healthcare, mm -hmm. mental health care, definitely. Job training, possibly. Job, yeah. Um, yeah, their job placement, job possibly. Placement. There's a lot of wraparound social services that people need, and in order to provide that care, you actually have to have like a team of people looking after this person. Yeah. And you know, you, you know, you just need teams of competent people who care and, uh, 25 people to patrol the daytime is, um, woefully inadequate, but hopefully yep. they're, they're well connected and they can get these people to these social services they do need. Yeah. Cause like typically it's like, could be like a medication issue. Mm -hmm. sometimes you know and just like just you know get like helping people get on the right track and just like giving them a safe place to just you know be who they are and help them get their feet up and and it's just like that's what that's what needs to be done like hopefully they expand the program because really like i've always felt like you know you know police are completely unnecessary <laughs> Like yeah, in the first place, like yeah, poli policing as it is today is completely unnecessary. Yeah, like, it's 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 there to protect property. Yeah, honestly. no, like like people with guns who need to protect us from violent people who are being actively violent. Like we need those maybe one per county in the United States. Yeah. I mean, like one team of people who do that, and yeah. like not actively all the time. It's there's not that much violence that goes on that the police can actively protect against so no. it should be like mostly competent investigation and then also you know we do need just a few jackboot thugs out there yeah. for you know very violent situations guys with sniper rifles who do <laughs> cool stuff you know yeah like like all, right now police are filling like the roles that these people are supposed like that these that these new people are supposedly going to be doing like yeah like but and they're so overbloated but mm -hmm. like have no training on how to competently no. deal with any of this as no, we've seen like you know when police execute a mentally ill man who's mm -hmm. like having having a breakdown or yep. or like cheer as we've seen recently in the uh in new york city when like a civilian takes on that on that role of a police officer and give him a pat him. on the back let him go yep. just take his name mm -hmm. uh-huh yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah like let's 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 be proactive let's 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 improve society somewhat <laughs> perhaps <laughs> yeah yeah Instead of, yeah, like, just, like, harassing people who are trying to get away with not paying the fare on the subway, like, yeah. maybe stop the guy who's choking the man to death. Yeah, make the subway fucking free, like. <laughs> oh, that, that, mm, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Okay, so, uh, yeah, oh, no is right. Speaking of cops um, and how we don't need them. Uh, this is an article from Associated Press. Three activists arrested after their fund bailed out protesters of Atlanta's cop city. 
I don't know if you heard about this one. No. This one in the news in the news today. So, police on Wednesday arrested three Atlanta organizers who have been aiding protesters against the city proposed police and fire training center, striking at the structure that supports the fight against what opponents derisively call cop city. Wow, this is some great journalism. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, they're basically like um, fucking bulldozing a forest. And putting uh like what was two hundred acres or something yeah police f- training facility there yeah massive facility that which you know it supposedly has like teaches them like urban warfare oh yeah we definitely need that in Atlanta yeah why do we need that well it sounds like they're ramping up to something honestly cool yeah I mean if they're yeah like doing urban warfare type training I trust that yeah really mm-hmm. So the Georgia Bureau of Investigation announced its agents and Atlanta police had arrested three leaders of the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, which has bailed out protesters and helped them find lawyers. So what what, what, were, what, what were they arrested? Oh, okay. Charged with money laundering and charity fraud uh, are the three people mentioned here. State investigators said they found evidence linking all three to financial crimes. Hmm. Police executed warrants Wednesday. Sounds like a whole bunch of bullshit to me. Yeah, that sounds like, uh, yep. Yeah. Sounds like sounds like made-up charges, honestly. Like, yep. It's like, oh, someone's helping uh, bail out protesters. Mm-hmm. Oh, clearly there's some sort of like nefarious money laundering happening behind the mm-hmm. scenes. It's like no way do are there people who they, they might have yeah they might have not paid taxes on, <laughs> on on like money that they they use to get because it says they use this to actually get people lawyers and bail them out mm-hmm. so there's some material good here so what's 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 happening so it sounds here? like they're trying to take like claim that what like that the uh, like uh, what what are they using what uh, are they using like um um. Uh, an app or website to raise this money like stuff that you typically you know go fund me or something like mm-hmm. um are they using a GoFundMe type pro- uh, thing where you know anyone can donate money to to uh to a cause and then use that, Probably. that money. yeah so it's like i guess maybe they can claim are they claiming like those funds are coming out of state and possibly I have, I, have, I have no idea yeah. so um Lauren Regan, uh, executive director of the Civil Liberties Defense Center, called the arrests an extreme provocation in a statement, mm-hmm. saying, quote, bailing out protesters who exercise their constitutionally protected rights is simply not a crime, Regan said. In fact, it is a historically grounded tradition in the very same social and political movements that the city of Atlanta pri- prides itself on. Mm-hmm. Someone had to bail out civil rights activists in the 60s. I think we can all agree that community support isn't a crime. Um, yeah, I, I agree with all that. Yeah. But, you know, the, the any protections that, you know, citizens mm-hmm. have, you know, that they can exercise are seen as nefarious <laughs> and should be stopped by, you know, I'm, because, you know, like the police have a lot of influence and they're going to create this cop city no matter what. And if there's anyone who opposes, they're going to crush them and take away any sort of, like, uh, 
supposed inalienable rights that are supposedly granted to uh, citizens so, of the United States. So, so they're being charged under um, Georgia's racketeer influence and corrupt organizations law, which we'll call Greco. <laughs> The, like the king of 21 Jump Street, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Richard Grieco. Uh, so Grieco uh, allows prosecutors to bring charges against multiple people accused of committing separate crimes while working towards a common goal. Uh, Rico is a felony charge that carries stiff penalties, a prison term of 5 to 20 years, a fine of $25,000, or three times the amount of money gained from the criminal activity, whichever is greater or both. Um, so, Kamu Franklin of Community Movement uh, movement builders said in a statement quote this is targeting of organizers and movements by the police in the state mm -hmm. bail funds have been a part of organizing the civil rights movement and labor movement we will continue to fight back against cop city and the political rest of our friends and comrades uh, in a statement issued after the arrest governor brian kemp he's shit said the state would, quote, track down every member of a criminal organization from violent foot soldiers to their uncaring leaders. Their uncaring leaders. Yeah. Sound? Sounds a little, like a little bit of propaganda. Like, oh, those people don't care about you. So Also projection. Uncaring yeah. leaders. The governor himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Like, this motherfucker wants to wants to train cops and and how to better suppress any sort of like any dissent. any sort of dissent mm -hmm. like and, you know and crack down on, and and uh and brutally beat people yep like and i'm guessing like also this cop city is open to all is it or is it just atlanta police officers or is it going to be used by I don't, i'm police, not, police I'm not officers sure nationwide? Um, it might say here but uh it's uh 85 acres apparently mm. It would train officers to become more militarized and quell dissent, all while hundreds of trees, uh, 85 acres of trees, are cut down, worsening flood and climate damage. Cool. Very cool. Like, yeah, like, how do we not see that we are just, we are just ramping up mm -hmm. to, to something that we can never go back from? Yeah. Like, like, this is, this is such beyond the pale of just, mm -hmm. like, like, like so, yeah, systematically destroying the environment to then build uh, a facility to better train uh, foot like uh, uh, fascist foot soldiers. Well, he, yeah. <laughs> so the Atlanta City Council approved the training center in 2021, saying a state-of-the-art campus would replace substandard offerings and boost police morale. That's what we're saying. Yeah, boost Nazi training because uh, which is beset by hiring and retention struggles in the wake of violent nationwide protests against police brutality, violent nationwide protests against police brutality yeah. and racial injustice in the summer of 2020. Yeah. So, so police feel bad because they're killing too many black people and people are noticing. So they're like, Oh, Oh, we're sorry. Oh, we're we, sorry. What if we get? What if we build you a little city? What yeah, if we build you a city? You only you can go to. Only you can go to. We build you a city. It's yeah, a big boy city. It, how it seems is like, oh, geez, people are, people are noticing that we're uh, we're uh, we're beating people too much, and like we're we're uh, we're executing uh, 
executing innocent people, what if we made a way to make that, we can do that more efficiently and, and better control the narrative of how that happens? And we, what if we have a little training ground to do that for us? So the city is taking the uh, private Atlanta Police Foundation with, uh, or sorry, tasking the private police, uh, Atlanta Police Foundation with building the complex, promising to pay $67 million. Mm. The remainder of the $90 million complex will come from private funds. So someone, someone, some private individuals out there are putting in $23 million to build this motherfucker. And I want to know who those names are. I mean, I think we can probably guess like any sort of like business and business fascist. Yeah, because I, oh, as we Warren said, Buffett probably. Yeah, as we said, yeah, like you know, yeah, I'm sure there's like police exist solely to protect property. Mm-hmm. They're they are they they don't protect people. They're there to to enforce property rights as violently as possible. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. How- how better to do that with a giant piece of property? Yeah. How better and, to train for that? So yeah, they're just investing in and and their own security, and the and was it sixty seven million dollars is from public funds? Uh, sixty seven million dollars from yeah, the Atlanta so Police Foundation. None of the fucking like you know tax you know tax dollar uh, watchdogs you know the of you know conservatives are like railing against this. This this use of uh, of taxpayer money to build like a uh, uh, you know a Nazi training camp, and it's like nope. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you know, like if any any smidgen of money goes to any sort of like public good, it's like we get like shrieking. You know, <laughs> you know money goes to schools or pub- or public libraries or any any literally anything. Like we get well, we get freaks clamoring about it but well, this is yeah just like, and now oh. they've criminalized not only protesting it mm-hmm. but helping protesters yep. in any way mm-hmm. which is like what's i mean what's the point of freedom of speech at that point yeah oh yeah oh yeah there goes your freedom of speech no one no one cares yeah <laughs> just a bunch of dirty kids wearing black yep cool no it's those antifas that are getting there getting their um uh, freedom of speech removed. Not 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 good, honest Americans who praise the police. That's fine. We'd love those good, honest Americans <laughs> and those fine police officers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We hope no one throws bricks through their windows no. with threatening messages. Hell no. No, that would be a uh, bad, but bad in like the Michael Jackson like really <laughs> cool kind of way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Thing you know, it'd be bad like that. A leather jacket he's wearing on the cover. Mm. It's a very cool leather jacket. I do like that. I'm saying you should throw a brick through a window. <laughs> yeah. cops, cops window. I'm sorry. Cops mm. house window. Mm-hmm. But yeah. make sure you don't have prints on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, not at all. But In Minecraft. <laughs> In Minecraft. In Minecraft. On a Minecraft server. It'd be cool to do. <laughs> so that's depressing. Yeah. You know. uh we can find those GoFundMe's. Be nice to throw some throw some ducats their way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like you know, help them out any way you can because now it sounds like the people organizing the GoFundMe need a GoFundMe to pay for their pay for their pay for their legal funds. Yeah, it sounds like I mean maybe the ACLU was doing taking care of it, but they could still probably use some help. Yeah. So um, we got a we got a cool AI news. This is actually something I think AI was used responsibly for mm. in a weird way. So 
AI has discovered that war crimes evidence has been erased by social media platforms. What? I took that off the soundboard, unfortunately. I wish I, I didn't. So, uh, this is from the BBC Global Disinformation Team, hmm. which I don't like the name of that at all. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what to believe now. Ah. So, evidence of potential human rights abuses may be lost after being deleted by tech companies, the BBC has found. So platforms remove graphic videos, often using artificial intelligence, but footage that may help prosecutions can be taken down without being archived. Meta and YouTube say they aim to balance their duties to bear witness and protect users from harmful content. But Alan Rusbridger, who sits on Meta's oversight board, says the industry has been overcautious in its moderation. The Gaddafi video is still up, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're never going to take the Gaddafi video down because yeah. it's not pornographic to them because mm -hmm. they somehow think killing a successful socialist leader is pan-African yeah. successful leader. Yeah, it was. It benefited them, so like they, you know, yeah. they need somewhere to jerk off to it. Yeah, Sorry. you're good. Um, so uh, the platform says they do have exemptions for graphic material when it is in the public interest, but when the BBC attempted to upload footage documenting attacks on civilians in Ukraine, it was swiftly deleted. Mm. So that was recent. So the AI is actually deleting the. the it is. Yeah. So AI can remove harmful and illegal content at scale. Mm. When it comes to moderating violent images from wars, however, machines lack the nuance to identify human rights violations. Um, a uh, Ihor Zakharenko, a former travel journalist, encountered this in Ukraine. Since the Russian invasion, he has begun documenting attacks on civilians. The BBC met him in a suburb of Kiev, where one year ago, men, women, and children had been shot dead by Russian troops while trying to flee occupation. He filmed the bodies, at least 17 of them, and burnt out cars. He wanted to post the videos online so the world would see what happened and counter the Kremlin's narrative. But when he uploaded them to Facebook and Instagram, they were taken down swiftly. Uh, quote, Russians themselves were saying those were fakes, that they didn't touch civilians, they fought only with the Ukrainian army, Ihor said. Uh, the BBC uploaded Ihor's footage onto Instagram and YouTube using dummy accounts. Instagram took down three of the four videos within a minute. Mm. At first, YouTube applied aid restrictions to the same three, but ten minutes later, removed all of them. BBC tried again, but they failed to upload altogether. An appeal to restore the videos on the basis they included evidence of war crimes was rejected. Key figures within the industry say there is an urgent need for social media companies to prevent this kind of information from vanishing, saying, quote, you can see why they have developed and trained their machines to be the moment they see something that looks difficult or traumatic to take it down. Uh, Mr. Rusesberger said for the BBC, I think he's the meta guy, mm. uh, the meta oversight board that he sits on was set up by Mark Zuckerberg and is known as kind of independent Supreme Court for the company, which owns Facebook and Instagram. Quote, I think the next question for them is how do we develop the machinery, whether that's human or AI, to then make the more reasonable decisions, Mr. Rusberger, a former editor-in-chief of The Guardian adds. Oh, interesting. So he formerly works for The Guardian. <laughs> Wild. Um, no one would deny tech firms right to police content, says U.S. Ambassador for Criminal Justice, 
uh, Beth Van Schack, quote, I think where the concern happens is when that information suddenly disappears. Which I, uh, yeah, I think um, that's probably not a good thing, that AI is just taking off uh, all content that it deems violent and harmful, even yeah. if it's uh, necessary content. Like, because that, that's a place of, like, public record, mm -hmm. you'd think. Yeah. Right? Like, if, if I wanted to upload something that was, like, important that I needed the world to see, that is the place I would put it. Mm. Yeah, I mean. Or anywhere else. I think people have, like, you know, said, like, you know, even with, like, videos of police brutality, mm -hmm. you know, be, you know, being taken off and. Because it makes sense, like they like you know Instagram and all of them. They are, you know, they they uh, they act in the best interest of the state, mm -hmm. and they, you know, as much as like we think like this is like some sort of like, you know, you know freedom of information. We have like you know free free to disperse information as we choose. Like mm -hmm. now, it's like our social media and everything that we that we um absorb on a daily basis is highly curated by like you know people who want to you know create a certain narrative i'm not not people algorithms Al algorithms but like yeah. but, but the algorithms are created to work in the best interest of those people <laughs> they they are i feel like they're i don't know there's an, a certain ineptness to a lot of algorithms and the way people see them because like every site has a different algorithm and gives you different stuff that it thinks you would like mm. and it varies wildly no, and no. all of these are like billion dollar companies mm -hmm. you know and so i don't know but also but i so i think they're the most successful though at like uh you know making sure like no criticisms exist of <laughs> of uh of the ruling class of like and stuff like that like they're very good at like for for the most that, part yeah like that, like you know, like tailoring, you know, whether or not like um, I want to see content about pizza or the Ninja Turtles or something. Like mm -hmm. that's that's could be harder to get down, but you know, just making sure that we're uncertain, we don't know about like war crimes and like police brutality mm -hmm. and like laws that directly affect our daily lives. You know, making yeah. sure that stays out of the um, out of our daily consumption is probably probably a bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. For them, I mean, you know, if you block enough people on Twitter, I feel like you finally get to like decent news cycles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And like, hopefully, yeah, I, it's been great. I've been blocking like every blue check I find on Twitter. Yeah, and eventually, good. eventually, like I stop, uh, I stop seeing their shitty opinions. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very much appreciated. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the, nothing good can come of that. No, no. You know what else? Uh, nothing good can come of. Hmm. Here's here's a fun headline that you'll that we all enjoy. So the Sack Sackler family is ordered to pay six billion dollars for protections against opioid liability court rules. Hmm. So the Sackler family will pay out six billion dollars to fight the ongoing opioid epidemic and give up control of their company Purdue Pharma in exchange for protection from current and future civil civil lawsuits from its opioid business now this is six billion dollars of a 12 billion dollar fortune so half their money yeah but i'm sure they're counting on that money being recouped very very fast probably but it's also like six they still have six billion dollars and they have killed 
more than a million people. Mm-hmm. And will continue to kill people. Yeah, they, they should have their wealth stripped from them entirely. And although I'm a prison abolitionist, they should perhaps uh, be uh, guests of the state for their the rest of their lives. You know, China some has capacity. some good ideas on how they deal with their bil- their, their bad billionaires. <laughs> they, they actually do. <laughs> They've done some interesting things in the field of... Um, killing them yeah <laughs> oh yeah like oh you know what you're a piece of shit <laughs> yeah some people are just bad people and maybe you and, know. and yeah at a certain point at, at a certain billion dollars that to your name like mm-hmm. all but billions after that are completely meaningless meaningless and like, dumb yeah and silly and like you should be doing something more interesting with your real life <laughs> yeah. yeah like they they are they're going to be fine yeah i mean the, yeah the the biggest billionaires have all done the weirdest shit right mm-hmm. like bill gates had a weird friendship with with jeffrey epstein mm-hmm. we know now um no one likes that no no elon musk has a nice friendship with him elon musk has just a weird everything with everybody yeah <laughs> um freaking Noam Chomsky and fucking Epstein. I want to know who he got paid what a quarter of a million dollars from. Yeah, like you, you saw that. Mm-hmm. Like someone transferred, like Epstein helped him transfer two hundred and fifty thousand dollars into his bank account from who? Unclear. From doing what? Yeah, like what did Chomsky do <laughs> for that much skrill? Yeah, what are you doing, Chomsky? Yeah, that's that's a that's a lot of money to move for mm-hmm. someone, and that's uh, you got to do some weird shit for that kind of amount of money. I think mm-hmm. you know, especially you know, that was like ten, fifteen years ago, something like that. Yeah, that's some that's some serious skrill, like ten, fifteen years yeah. ago. It's it's I mean, it's not six billion skrill, but it's skrill for for Chomsky. I mean, yeah, Chomsky, for Chomsky, that's skrill. Ch- Chomsky ain't got skrill in his grill. You know what I'm saying? He would like some skrill in his grill, I believe. <laughs> I I, th- I guess he's like friends with Woody Allen. Yeah. So that's problematic. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, Sackler family pay six billion dollars. Fuck them. Purdue, founded and owned by the Sacklers, created and sold highly addictive painkiller OxyContin beginning in the 1990s. Purdue and the family have been accused of knowingly misleading consumers about the drug's addictive properties, thereby directly contributing to the opioid crisis, uh, which saw the loss of more than 564,000 people in the United States between 99 and 2020, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, In the last two years, we've lost about 100,000 each year. So Mm -hmm. that's up to close to a million now, I think. Yep. Pretty cool, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty cool, man. Yeah, you know, you talk about drug dealers like El Chapo or something, or you know, you know, people want to scream about drug de- or you know, you know, the Mexican drug cartels. Like, mm-hmm. they're not fucking twelve billion dollars rich, man. No, <laughs> like they're just like <laughs> no fucking uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if it was El Chapo or the other guy who was the uh, Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them only made like twenty billion dollars over like. 20 years mm-hmm. and so they, they made a fuck ton of money but like you know like not like Sackler money like come on yeah like that company 
that company made so much fucking money. Yeah, and, and like think about operating expenses and shit. Like, and, and like the opioids aren't going anywhere. No, it made so much money for pharmacies. Yeah. Like, it injected a lot of cash into the economy at direct in the direct contradiction of like having people to spend that money because it just mm-hmm. killed a bunch of fucking people. Yeah, and it got them addicted to things. And mm-hmm. that's the that's the thing is like, yeah, it kills like. A hundred thousand people. Sorry, a hundred thousand people a year now. Mm -hmm. Like not oxycontin, more like fentanyl and stuff now. Mm -hmm. But like, where do those people get addicted from in the first place? Usually pills like fucking oxycontin and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And they've just been pushing that is the best medication for pain for years when it's clearly weed. Yeah, yeah, it's clearly weed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But no, that that weed has been like demonized for such a long time including all through the 90s and early 2000s well, it's, it's completely harmless yeah like it's like and like it's like something that you can grow anyone could grow if they yep. wanted to yep and At so home. it's like uh-oh uh a plant that's that's uh accessible to anyone who wants it uh uh no 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 uh illegal no. we need to we need to push our um, our murder pills on everyone we fucking love murder pills baby yeah I mean, the the thing I love about murder pills is they make they make you steal mu- music equipment the most for some reason. <laughs> I've never understood why it is, but my amp always goes missing when people want murder pills. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So fuck the Sacklers. Um, yeah, fuck them. What should we do with the Sacklers? That's my question. Uh, you know, buy them a ticket to China. I think we should put them in a big sack. Yeah. And, and like, have. Beat them with uh, sticks. Ooh. Like, what kind of sticks, though? Steel sticks. Ooh, <laughs> I like a steel stick, brother. Mm hmm. Um, what else we got in, in the news today? <sighs> so, rich nations say they're spending billions to fight climate change. Uh, some money is going some strange places. Hmm. So wealthy countries have pledged around $100 billion a year to help reduce the effects of global warming. Sounds cool, huh? Mm. Does it sound cool? Yeah, supposedly. I'm sure it's not actually going to those things. Yes, uh, too bad. Reuters found uh, large sums going to projects including a coal plant, Mm. a hotel, and chocolate shops. Yeah, it's funny, like, uh, this is the legal money laundering that's happening, you know, Mm -hmm. you push a few thousand, uh, thousand dollars to people to for um, for bail and for like uh, uh, lawyer fees, um, mm-hmm. but you know, billions of dollars being like uh, um, you know changing hands or what they say trillions or how much two hundred uh, a hundred billion a year yeah a hundred billion a year a hundred billion a year I mean being I, I, I'm sure some of that is used for you know like solar panels and shit they're probably spraying off a penguin that's covered in oil or something. There's like. probably jacking off a penguin that's <laughs> yeah. covered in, in, in <laughs> like gun oil, oh. the, the, the lube that all the the tops have. Yeah, but like this, this is totally totally legal money laundering. You know, just like just money changing hands while mm-hmm. giving the illusion that they're doing something beneficial. Hell yeah! Yeah, going to uh, do their own pet projects because yeah, no one they don't fucking care. Like we're we're speed running like the destruction of the earth, and like. Why, like, why, why stop it? Like, like enforcing any sort of environmental responsibility is complete contradictions, contradiction to, like the the like to capitalism. Yeah, it's like it. 
we we have to extract all the resources as fast as possible Mm -hmm. and sell more things and and uh you know and like making sure that it's done in a responsible environmentally friendly way is like yeah antithetical to that goal well because like i mean that's the thing is capitalism has set up a series of rules and as much as you can do to the planet and as much as you can hurt it and help yourself you're allowed to do yeah depending on different jurisdictions and things like that mm-hmm. and so it's never like an ethical or moral question it's a it's a legal question for a lot of people yeah and that's disturbing first and foremost also disturbing these places don't have laws that like don't allow you to do that but it's a lot of developing places and so they go to you know exploit them yeah they're not building a coal you know a coal facility here they're building it somewhere in the global south somewhere in india somewhere somewhere where they can get away with it it, but it's not happening in our backyard honestly controversial opinion I don't, I don't, I don't think white people should be allowed in the global south. Yeah, no, not like at all. even to travel. Even, yeah, <laughs> even because they want to like see it and like mm. see what capitalism has done to them. Like, no, I, I think people from the go- global south should be allowed to travel wherever. White people, nah, only, no, no. You got to stay to to the white people countries <laughs> and like, you know, maybe Japan and a few things like that. Yeah. And Cuba. We should be allowed to go to Cuba again. I would like to visit Cuba. So I can get their fucking lung lung cancer (laughs) vaccine and start smoking again, baby. Oh, yeah. Start smoking my cigars. Start smoking my cigars. (laughs) Doing chew and smoking my cigars at the same time. (laughs) Doing chew and snuff and uh, snuff pouch and smoking my cigars at the same time, baby. There you go. Also vaping at the same time. (laughs) Also boofing a snoo. You ever boofed a snoo, brother? Or you put like a... You uh, ever boofed a snoo? Put a uh, put a vape inside a cigar, and put that in my butthole. There you go. That's what I. That's called the old Bill Clinton. You stick it in, and then you can. It's have, called the electric Bill Clinton, and you can surgically uh, um, add a hump to your back that contains uh, cigarette smoke, just like Joe Camel. <laughs> just like Joe Camel. Uh, we love to see it. <laughs> um, yeah. So back to the article here. Uh, Italy helped a retailer open chocolate and gelato stores across Asia. The United States offered a loan for a coastal hotel expansion in Haiti. Belgium backed the film La Tierra Roja, a love story set in Argentine rainforest. And Japan is financing a new coal plant in Bangladesh and an airport expansion in Egypt. Funding for the Profi project totaled $2.6 billion. And all four countries counted their backing as so-called, quote, climate finance. Mm. Grants, loans, bonds, and equity investments and other contributions meant to help developing nations reduce emissions and adapt to a warming world. Wrong. Very, very... uh, (laughs) um, Developed nations have pledged to funnel a combined total of $100 billion a year towards this goal, which they affirmed during climate talks in Paris in 2015. The funding helped crown Japan and the United States as two of the top five contributors. So this is just like fucking big business loans then is what it sounds mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Or big business grants mm-hmm. more is what it sounds like. So Yeah, it's like, you know, like the public face of, mm-hmm. of like we're doing all we can to fight climate change. And yeah. it's like, no, it's like 
Yeah, I mean, you on paper you're saying like that money is going to to these, you know, to hose off a dolphin, but um, yeah, it's just literally going to furthering their own, like directing finances to stuff they were going to anyway, mm. and possibly getting like uh, tax rebates on that shit. Just getting yeah. like getting that shit back. Extra tax. free money. Yeah, extra free money. It's it, it's it's all bullshit. It's all smoke and mirrors. Like like all. All capital capitalism is is just lying, just just yeah. lying, just lying. Cap- capitalism with representative democracy, which yeah. is why one of them needs to change. We can't have capitalism and representative democracy because the two go hand in hand far too well, mm-hmm. work far too well together, and just cause immediate corruption together. Yep. So, uh, if if we're gonna have markets like we do, uh, you know, we need either a different system. Or a different system. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, like... Oh, no! We're good. Uh, all these people should be uh, put in jail. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're going to have jails, these are the people that should be in them. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. We yeah. should definitely just not have jails in general. Yeah. But if we do have jails, we should put uh, people who exploit other people. If anyone belongs in them, it's these fucking freaks. Yeah. And they're, they're just exploiting a ton of people. Like this is our fucking tax money. Yeah. They're, they're murdering, they're killing people in the global South. That's what, you know, they're saying, you know, helping them with this money, but it's clearly just there to further their own projects to Mm -hmm. further polluting those areas and extracting resources. And and coal plant in Bangladesh. That's a pretty cool, that that's going to help global climate change. Yep. Oh yeah. It's like, Oh, but it's not in uh it's nowhere it's not in America. So so here's the thing. None of these people actually broke any rules nope. in getting this money because no. the pledge, the climate pledge of the 100 billion dollars a year came with no official guidelines for what activities count as climate finance. Oh, fi- fascinating. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? It's you almost say. like it was part of the design. So uh Quote, this is the wild, wild west of finance, says Mark Joven, Philippines Department of Finance Undersecretary. It's like not even the wild west because this is all done with so much intention. Just mm-hmm. like it's like, yeah, all of this is baked into into like into the design of like of, of this. It's like, OK, like no one ever, ever like sat down with like. Like, oh, yeah, like, oh, you know, just just so happens, like, the rules just didn't say, so we just, you know, it's like, no, it's like, the, they, like, their lawyers and everyone on fought for these terms, and they're just new, like, immediate, we're just like, okay, well, let, how can we exploit this best to our benefit? Like, this yep. is, this is going to be the way we launder money. Yep, and uh, that's pretty much all there is to it. Yep. It's pretty cool. Yeah. We should, um... Gosh, it's it's. I don't want to make a call to violence. <laughs> I mean, once again, bricks through windows. Pretty cool move. We haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I don't know. If, did you see uh, How to Blow Up a Pipeline? Oh, I just watched it. It was really good. I love that movie. It was it's a so really good movie. It was a cool process movie. I really yeah, liked it a lot. It's basically like um, um, Ocean's Eleven almost. A little bit. But Ocean's like, Eleven with a bunch of like gutter punks. Yeah, but more serious. I do like how like yeah like it, they there's no conflict from within. It's it's like because they're very focused on on mm-hmm. on on um on achieving a goal. There's a little bit of conflict. There's a little but, bit, of, but, but it's just like it's, but, it's cool and it but, how it plays uh, out. 
but yeah, it's like it's it's interesting to view like the behaviors of companies like this as like something as like um something you have to stop because it's like it's actively killing you. And yeah. it's like it's and, and 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 any sort of act is like considered a self act of self defense. Speak speaking of which, have you watched First Reformed, the Paul Schrader film? I have not seen that yet. Oh my god. Probably one of the best climate change movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I just watched it last night. I've been going through a Paul Schrader thing lately. Hell yeah. Paul Schrader fucking rocks. I'm gonna watch it. Uh yeah, yeah. It's on my server. Ethan Hawk puts in an amazing performance. It's like about a thing I don't care about at all. It's like a Protestant church in like upper New like northern New York. Mm-hmm. Like having its two hundred and fiftieth anniversary and the priest is really depressed. <laughs> that's 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 the story, but the way it handles it is incredible. Nice. And it's somehow the best climate change film I've seen. Hells yeah. I'm like, wait, what? I'm I, like at the end of the movie, I was like, "Well, that was really fucking good," but like, <laughs> w- what? This is a lot, fucking lot to chew on. Mm-hmm. Highly recommendo. Yeah, so go see How to Blow Up a Pipeline and First Reform. Hell yeah, those are movie movie contributions for the week. Yeah, See, the world is dying. The world is dying. The world is dying, and it's because of freaks like this that are just uh-huh. like that are helping to speed run it because like they do not give a shit like nope. it's all just a game to see who's rich at the end before the yep. planet completely crumbles falls apart like a loosely packed raw meatball and mm-hmm. that's essentially where we're so going you you you, you, you uh, listen you put too many onions in yeah. your fucking meatball again we're putting too it's many falling onions apart. there's nothing well, you didn't put no breadcrumbs in your meatball? There's no breadcrumbs. There's nothing. No egg? No egg. There's nothing what keeping this meatball, meatball together. The you meatball is falling insane apart. Piece of shit. <laughs> Piece of shit. I am going to go find your mother and punch her right in the pussy. Who told you how to make a meatball, huh? Because because her pussy is what made you. <laughs> you say, oh, oh, you say, oh. Oh, she got a cesarean section? That'll punch <laughs> her in the stomach. Oh, whoa, she's dead? I'll dig her up. I'll punch her in the stomach. Right in her cesarean scar. Oh, she's been dead for 32 years? Oh, since you were a kid? Fair enough. Well, I'll punch a skeleton. <laughs> punch a skeleton. I'll punch a motherfucking skeleton. Oh, she you obviously say- did. She obviously died before she could teach you how to make a meatball. You... <laughs> You say you say she was cremated now. Well, that's difficult to. Well, guess what? You know what ashes are? They're a binding ingredient. Put them in the motherfucking meatballs. <laughs> bind that, bind that, bind those meatballs together with your mother's ashes. I don't care. <laughs> like those, those meatballs are gonna fall apart. You're extracting all the resources. There's nothing keeping this motherfucker together. I'm just, I'm just worried for the planet. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry the about the meatballs. <laughs> I'm sorry about the meatballs. I'm sorry about the meatballs. Yeah, the world's a loosely packed meatball. We're all gonna fall off it. We're putting too many onions in it. This is the problem. Too many onions in it. No breadcrumbs. No breadcrumbs. No eggs. No breadcrumbs. No eggs, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Italian podcast. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Um. Hang a dong and the shaka. Soy 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 soy
friendly ghost was circumcised? I don't think he has a dick. Why not? I don't know. Didn't have one. It was just a tail. Just had a tail. Unless that tail was his dick. That's what I'm saying. And then I was gonna say that no, he's not circumcised. Yeah, because it looked like a fucking windsock, baby. <laughs> it looks like a fucking iguana eye. 